This is an HR program on demand, a living seed capsule of work life and workplace coming live from a rooftop in Stockholm, Sweden. It's me, Anne-Marie Andrich, and me, Katarina Berg. A podcast on HR straight across the counter. Hello, Katarina. Hello, Anne-Marie. Let's talk about employer branding. What is employer branding to you? It's everything you do, everything you don't do, and everything in between. It's actually everything a company signals, communicates, no matter if it is a conscious communication or not. That is employer branding to me. But I think you could also say, which is fair, it's also what your employees say about your company after two glasses of wine. Two glasses of wine. Well, for some, maybe three. For some, just one. It depends, you know. But it is when you say things about your employer or your workplace that is not filtered. Exactly. So why is employer branding your first but not only love? Okay, let me tell you. And I'm going to tell you too. It's my first. It's my last. It's my everything, to quote Barry White. But uh, I think it is just because it has everything within it, right? And it has a lot to do with communication, but also how you package that. It's a lot of branding. So if you are a behaviorist like you are and I am, I think this is where both HR and branding or marketing comes together. And it's also things that you plan today where to go on your journey and then you backtrack it and then you put it out in I think nuggets that is easy to chew and make your own if you have a long time plan and a short-term strategy for it too. Right, great. So let's sort of sort out some of the confusion that we sometimes come across. What is what, right? Mm -hmm. So EVP, Yes. what is EVP? So EVP is Employer Value Proposition. It is more or less like a promise made. And I think, you know, it's easier if you start to think about customer value proposition. You can only cheat once in any type of relationship. You can only promise and then not deliver once. Or you will have a customer or a client or a relationship, if you talk about like a normal relationship, that will be either mistrust or something that will not jive 100%. And I think it's the same thing with an EVP. It has to be something that is unique. So it can't be like all the companies have the same. It has to be authentic. It has to be showcased over and over again. That is something that you will get when you get here. It also have to, I think, have in between the lines the things that are not in place yet that we would like you to come and join to put in place. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be one of those, let me sell you. Like you usually maybe go into a relationship one-to-one where you're like, I never even have to use the restroom. That is how perfect I am. If you do that in your private life, I think you will be in problem, right? Quite fast. I think we all do that mistake. We show up and just show that the sides and the nature that you think that the other party wants to see or hear or experience. When it comes to employer branding and EVP, I think it's very important that you tell people, for instance, in our case, quite young company, we are on a journey, it's still early days, but these are the things that you will experience. These are the things that we would like you to come and build together with us. It's still maybe early days, or as I said, you know, it's all about, you know, the build. If you're that type of person, you most likely will enjoy it here. 
or if it's a different. So, for instance, the company where you are and my company, there are a couple of things that are similar, but there is a lot of things that are different because your company has been around for 330 years. 330 years. And we didn't almost, but we are 14 and a half years old. So there have to be differences. And you do and put a lot of, you know, perfect physical products out there. We have more services on the platform. So obviously the people that joins Hoops Corner will have one type of experience and they are needed to focus on a couple of things where we might be in, you know, 200 or 300 years or not. You never know. So I think it has to be authentic. It has to be unique. It has to be, you know, some sort of contract that you put out there. And obviously it has to origin from what you are doing and the experience people will get when they join the company. Yeah, great. So on the EVP, do you pressure test the EVP once in a while? I think you have to do, and you can do it either very consciously, which I think is a smart idea, but I think that will be done by all the people that come in the doors anyway. And if you're not in a stale company, meaning not necessarily that you don't want to evolve or you're not innovative, I think, you know, you can be a stale company in that way that you kind of have your workforce and they're there for a long time. And maybe also for the good reasons that they are proud, they can develop, they can do all those things. But the thing is, if you're in a company like ours at Spotify, when you bring in somewhat between, you know, 90 and 150 people every month, and that differs a bit. Usually it is like 120 maybe that joins and are onboarded every month and been so for eight years, something like that. And we foresee a couple of more years in hypergrowth. Then if they have heard something and they listen in to people that they know in the organization or that's been in the organization, and then they join and show up the first day and they don't recognize anything that we said, like, this is what we do. This is how we conduct ourselves. This is the behavior we would like to see. These are the things that you will be able to work with. You know, this is even our business. This is our values. If nothing, or at least half of it is not the same thing or true, it could still be a good experience. Let's agree on that. But it will not be what they signed up for. And what will happen in that type of relationship as well as the relationship of, you know, you start to date somebody, is that you will be a bit disappointed. You will also be a bit confused and it might not, you know, move in the direction in the speed that you would like to because now there could be a bit of trust issues. There could also be the things like, okay, this was different, different. Then it could be good. It could be different, better, all good, but still a surprise that was not supposed to be there. But it could also be different, worse, which is just not what you want to. And this is where I think you have what I would call the organ rejection. You get a new organ, a very, very good one, new employee, and he or she or they find themselves like confused and I don't want to be in this environment and this is not what you told me and I thought I was going somewhere else. And then they shoot themselves out. And it takes a lot of time and money and focus to find them and then to onboard them. And for them then not to be able to start doing what they wanted to do, what they thought they were doing in an environment or a company or part of the organization that we described in one way or another. So I think, you know, there are two camps. Obviously, there are more in the HR school or in the school of hiring is I'm going to sell the company and I'm going to sell the role and I'm going to hope that you that I have my eyes on will, you know, accept a role. Or you can be in the camp of trying to describe as soberly as possible both the good and the bad and the ugly because there will be because you are in the progress. There's just not something called nirvana in a workplace and I don't think so because then you don't have anything to work for. I truly agree with that. 
to be as honest as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So how do you know if your EVP is successful or not? Well, can you compete in music? It's one of those. Or how long is a piece of rope? I don't think necessarily you can be, can't say it's a science. You can't really measure it that way, but you can still measure it. When it comes to factors that is not always quantitative, it doesn't mean that you can't measure, right? So for instance, it's never about how many applications you get, because then I think I'm doing and my team is doing an awesome job because we get 55,000 applications a month. If they are not right, if that is not people that should have applied or that we can consider to be a good match for the roles that we have open, we only brought ourselves pain. And what do I mean with that pain? It is a lot of people then that we communicated so broadly that they applied And to read all this, not just once, but maybe two or three times to make sure that you didn't miss talent or it was misplaced somewhere or anything like that. It is very time consuming. So you want to talk to the people that you want to also apply, right? But one, one factor is obviously, do you find talent that is relevant for you and right for you in the speed that you need? Do you also find them in new places and different places as you grow or you move into new markets? Do we find it to be totally scarce or that the war of talent be too fierce? Then we're doing something wrong, right? And the other thing is, if we find it to be too slow before people get up from you know, their starting blocks and trying to hit the hurdles on the track, then again, maybe it wasn't just that they are slow or that our onboarding is wrong. It could be that too, but not necessarily if you, you have been doing this and you've been fine-tuning it over and over again. Then most likely we created that confusion. We told them something and then we didn't deliver on that. Usually it's not them. It's one of those, like, when you end a relationship, it's not you, it's actually us. And I think that goes for a lot of the pressure tests that you can do. And then, of course, when people have been in the company for three months and six months, you check in with them and not just how are you doing, do you like your boss, do you like the new digs or, you know, the office or anything like that. Um, you check in and see if they find themselves to be useful in that sense that everybody needs a purpose. Everybody needs to feel that they make a difference. Everybody wants to contribute, right? And um, that has a lot to do with if the map that we gave them actually is more or less the same as reality and that they can find the way to navigate but also have impact. And the sooner the better. And it's not always with skill set on trades. It's also, you know, back to the EVP and what we said it would be. And for us to be sober enough also about what is not necessarily all good and be very open to that feedback. Right. So let's, um, let me ask you this question. There are a few out there in the market mm -hmm. mm, who obviously are good in building brands, mm -hmm. employer brands, right? And sometimes within HR, we're like thinking, maybe I need help, right? Mm -hmm. On the employee brand and the yeah. EVP. What is your reflections there? Should one bring in consultants or external help or should one do everything by oneself? You're asking me, so I'm going to give you my answer. Yes. And uh, it's going to be a very short answer if you want that. I can also elaborate a bit. But the short answer <laughs> is no, and you should do it yourself. Yeah. The longer answer is this. There are companies that helps and supports and designs and produces really good work and there are companies that don't have a clue but still have a lot of you know assignments and, and make a lot of money so if you're going to go externally if you're going to get support go for one of the good ones and not necessarily the bad ones but the thing is nobody knows your business better than you 
Nobody knows what makes your animal tick better than you. The third thing is this. If this is going to be not a hit and run business, it's going to be you evolving. It's going to be you being relevant. I said it has to be unique. It has to be also authentic. How on earth will somebody externally do that? And how are you sure that they are not doing and treating your journey, your EVP, like the other company that they are also supporting? So it ends up being kind of wishy-washy and more of the same, which I don't think is the idea with employee branding or EVP. So even if you're not 100% perfect, if you're not 100% ready coming out the gates, if it's not like shiny with shiny stars, it's not, you know, going in to see if your career page or homepage is good. That is a big part because if you talk a big talk, it can't look like a disaster. But it doesn't start and end there. You going out to this, you know, campus events or doing what we would say in Swedish, here it comes in Swedish, Ökskoledagar and Önstedsdagar. So you do all these affairs, right? That's not the job either. That helps you with maybe talent acquisition to young professionals or students. Also very important. Like there are a couple of things that are in the foundation that you need to get right in your way and what also suits you. But as I started, if it's everything that we do, everything that we don't do, I don't think you can delegate this work. I don't think it's something that the newest member of the HR team does. Actually, I think it starts and it sits with the CEO. He, she, or they then can delegate it. And then usually it sits with us and I think it should. I am very, very clear on that too. I don't think it sits in marketing. Brand and creative have the brand, right? And brand and employee brand is, needs to be the same. What you communicate internally, externally, and no matter if it's the consumer or if it's to employees today and tomorrow, it needs to be going hand in hand. So you have to find that collaboration, right? And most of the things that you do package needs to be told internally first and people recognize that and the ambassadors that you have you should just look at them as that they are walking commercial pillars they need to be the ones that give the message you can't be you know something that you buy or a plug or a billboard or you know something that is in the newspaper people see through that everybody has really developed and sensitive whiskers especially the people within the organization. So anything that we say or that we place out there that is not true. People go to afterworks. People have friends. They go to crayfish parties. They do sports. And they will check before they accept a role. Or just because they might be, in the best case, interested in your company and think that "Mm, I'm window shopping a bit, right? And then if the people in the organization go like, no, 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 that is not how it is, or you can't come and grow with us, or it's not all about this or that, or it's a journey or whatever, or the values, no, yeah, we have them, but we don't live them, or it's not really purpose-driven, or leadership don't really care. We say a lot that we are a people-first company. And right now we had a chance to prove that when it really, really came down to it with COVID-19. But All these things, if you have an external partner that helps you with that, how on earth will that be really relevant? I don't really get that. If you need inspiration or you need support or you think that you get stuck, that is a different thing. Short answer is no, I don't think so and I don't understand why. I can see in different passages of the journey that you might need to have a retake or just have more energy or that if you get stuck. But It would be smarter 
according to me, that you call two or three people in your network and see what they did rather than, hey, can somebody do this journey? And then when you get it, you just put it out there. I don't really understand that. It needs to be a plan. It's a strategy. It's an ongoing work and it's never a campaign. It's something that you work on all the time. And you also said it, it has to be owned by the leaders, the management team. It's one of those inside out and top down, but bottom up. It's a living creature and you either work with it and you lean in or you will get it in some way, right? It's the same as the culture. You will get a culture no matter if you work with it or not. But why not work with it? Because it's fun and it's important and it's important to everybody that decides to sign up for your company. Exactly. Excellent. And also leverage on all of the employees as the communication channel, right? Um, Yes, and I think that's what you do. You hit everybody with the vaccine, right? And then you keep going. So it's a hit, hit, remind thing. And uh, you have to sometimes owe up. Sometimes it gets old and then you have to shake the tree and, and see what comes down. Or you give everybody a voice and you ask them what is important and what they think is unique with the company. Because you also know that for the last two generations coming out as the workforce, they do what we say reverse references. They ask people, you know, is it like this? Is this what I'm going to meet? This is my chances to develop. Is it, you know, those values? Is it just for, you know, something that you put in the elevator or is something that you live on a daily basis? They do that. And I think that is smart. To be honest, that is what we all should have done in all generations, but we never did. We were just grateful, thankful, and, you know, thank you for the job. And and then you were quiet. People, as we said, and when we talk about culture, the people in the, the organization is the culture and the culture is people. That will evolve. And so will the employee branding or a EVP. And they have to. Great. I look forward to those two glasses of wine. (laughs) So why don't we end this uh, talk with the three things, Katarina, that you typically end talks with? Okay. So stay safe, stay strong, stay active. In In the the modalia. modalia.